Good morning, my beloved friends, and welcome back to the second of our four Sundays, focusing on the question, what does love require? We are spending these four weeks in September reading passages from the Gospel according to Matthew and holding them up to this question, wondering together how we might deepen our intention and our commitments to following Jesus on a path, leading us to lives full of peace and joy and strength and courage. I shared when we began last week that I have taken a little liberty using the familiar passage from the Old Testament prophet Micah, boldly claiming on behalf of God the desire to live lives grounded, seeking justice, loving kindness, and walking humbly with God. Last week, to begin our journey, we heard a passage from the gospel that has long been interpreted as a kind of rules for engagement when settling disputes. We considered the perspective of elevating the power of relationships over rules, placing more value on cultivating dignity and the respect for every human being, and making room for each other in the building up of the beloved community. We were invited to listen to the wonderful children's story of the old turtle and the broken truth, offering one right answer to the question, what does love require? Simply and profoundly, that we are loved and so are they. So today we continue where we left off in last week's text with yet another passage offering what could be read as a set of how-to instructions regarding the importance of forgiveness and the act of forgiving. It too is a challenging passage. On the one hand, it seems fairly straightforward, right? Peter asks, how often must I forgive Jesus? Of course, Jesus' responses to Peter's question doesn't really provide an answer, but rather points out almost the ridiculousness of the question itself. How many times should Peter forgive? How many times should we forgive? Well, what kind of question is that? The issue is not how many times we should forgive. The act of forgiveness is already a limitless, measureless act. Forgiveness is always present in our lives and in our relationships. That's the issue. Forgiveness is at the heart of the kinship of heaven. It's a constant. It's not optional. It's not a choice. We may want it to be. And believe me, I know of what I speak. But that's at the heart of Peter's question today. As we look for another right answer to our question this week, what does love require, we will need to dig deep. And sometimes that kind of work can be hard and uncomfortable. I know it is for me. But again, the call to walk with Jesus is just that, hard at times. So let's go together. Today is about forgiveness according to the kinship of heaven the way of being in the world that values community and courage and connection over our otherwise self-centered, protected, ego-driven intentions. It's good news, I promise. And it's hard to hear and even harder to live sometimes. As much as we may want to exercise and emulate, 
one of the essential marks of the Christian path. We often cannot bring ourselves to accept or imagine the endless and immeasurable nature of forgiveness that Jesus assumes. For me, honestly, this is a hard and sometimes unbelievable truth for me to hear. I am infinitely more comfortable with order and clear plans. I would be better suited for a spiritual plan that came with a beautifully color-coded Venn diagramming, diagram outlining the do's and don'ts of forgiveness. I rather like the precision and predictability that comes with acquired skills and practice and accountability. But if I have learned anything from studying the gospel according to Matthew, especially his parables, it's that the kinship of heaven refuses to bend toward our need for individual reasoning and explanations, and especially my particular desire for chartable paths and executable directives. It's also a hard truth for me to hear because it sets in motion a lot of personal reflection. And this may be the hardest part of our answer to our question this week for me, and maybe for you as well. It sets in motion deeply, tragically, painfully at times, memories of people I am still reluctant to forgive. It also sets in motion thoughts of those still waiting for my forgiveness. It sets in motion reminders of all those whom I don't think I will ever be able to forgive. And frankly, that's a lot to carry around. But then again, no one ever said that this path of discipleship was easy or without some moments of deep and sometimes heart-wrenching, truth-telling, honest reflection. But let's not stop, stop there. I also want to preach against this passage sometimes. I find myself wanting to ask Jesus directly, what about all those wrongs that I believe are unforgivable? What about all the people I can hardly look at these days, let alone entertain charitable thoughts or forgiveness of any kind? And in the times that we are living through right now, I have no shortage of examples. But perhaps it's enough, at least for today, that Jesus makes us stop and think about all of this again. The purpose of forgiveness in our lives, when we need it, when we give it, when we withhold it, and to ask ourselves, what are we waiting for? A number of years ago, in another community of faith, we spent the season of Lent reading Anglican South African Archbishop and social activist Desmond Tutu's wonderful book, The Book of Forgiving, The Fourfold Path of Healing Ourselves and the World. It was a rich text combining unbelievably personal stories of forgiveness along with offering a spiritual fourfold practice for cultivating a heart for forgiveness. I have an excerpt to share that I have kept close with me since then. I love it in part because it resonates with me as not only deep wisdom, but as also an aspirational statement 
that if achieved, even in part, I would and we would all be the wiser for. Here it is, Tutu writes. Forgiveness is nothing less than the way we heal the world. We heal the world by healing each and every one of our hearts. The process is simple, but it is not easy. When we are uncaring, when we lack compassion, when we are unforgiving, we will always pay the price for it. It is not, however, we alone who suffer. Our whole community suffers, and ultimately, our whole world suffers. We are made to exist in a delicate network of interdependence. We are sisters and brothers, whether we like it or not. To treat anyone as if they were less than human, less than a brother or a sister, no matter what they have done, is to contravene the very laws of our humanity. And those who share the web of interconnectedness cannot escape the consequences of their actions. In our own ways, we are all broken. Out of that brokenness, we hurt others. Forgiveness is the journey we take toward healing the broken parts. It is how we become whole again. So for today, when talking about forgiveness and holding up to our question, what does love require? Here's what I know. Our lived experience tells us there is no magic formula to determine what forgiveness should look like or feel like. But somehow, whatever our spiritual path, we each have a deep knowing inside that the work if of forgiveness is always waiting for us to do. My friends, our journey now continues as we continue to make our way. Be gentle with your precious souls this day and remember that there will be no test at the journey's end. May we find the courage to follow those before us who challenged wrong and changed it, whatever the cost. What does love require? To seek justice and love kindness and walk humbly with God. Forgiveness is the journey we take toward healing the broken parts. It is how, indeed, it is how we must become whole. May it be so.